0: This is the third episode in which I'm taking you through the seven-step process to be more trusted. In the previous episodes, you went through step one and identified one relationship that you want to be more trusted at, and through step two, where you identified one bad thing that you're doing in that relationship that's holding you back from being more trusted. In this episode, we will go through step three and identify one good thing that you will do to counteract that bad thing, and also step four, turn it into a smart action plan. Welcome to The Trust Show. I'm your host, Joram Solomon, a researcher of trust and the author of The Book of Trust. In this podcast, I will share with you everything that I know and discovered about trust. I will challenge you to think differently about trust. But not only will I teach you about trust, I will also give you actionable advice on how to build trust, be trusted and know who to trust. It's almost like I'm reading the book of trust to you, but with no holding back and no BS. In step three, we're going to identify that one good thing, the, the habit that you need to develop. It's not going to be very well defined in step three, but but we're starting. So we're going to update, identify the one good thing that you have to do to contradict the one bad thing that we have identified in step two. Now, the, the one good habit can simply be stop the one bad thing that, that you're doing, and, and that's fine, and that's what we're going to refer to as the new good thing. So in my case, I gave you the example before uh, my four direct reports through a colleague of mine. They didn't tell, me, tell it to me directly. They didn't feel comfortable enough to come to me and tell me that. But uh, through him, they said that uh, I communicate over email too much. I, I don't come to see them at their offices. I don't come to see them face to face. So that's the bad thing. The bad thing is that I communicate over email. What is the good thing? And I think that the best way to describe the good thing is to actually use my colleague's words. He said, get your butt out of your office. Or to complete the sentence, get your butt out of your office and go see them in person. Their offices are not that far from you. Just go and see them. So it wasn't Issue of intimacy, the component here was intimacy, using email versus using face-to-face meetings. Why only one thing? Why are we trying to find only one habit, one new good habit that we're going to adopt? Uh, We have identified one bad thing. Why aren't we trying to fix all the bad things that that we're doing all at once? So Jim Collins, I think in Good to Great, uh, he wrote that if you have more than three priorities, you don't have any. We like to make lists of priorities and things and action items and all the things we need to fix. The thing is, if we have, at least according to John, uh, to Jim Collins, if we have three or more, then we really don't have any. Because, you know, everything is top priority. Well, if everything is top priority, then really nothing is top priority. Stephen R. Covey, the one who wrote uh, The Seven Habits of... Uh, the Seven Habits of Successful People. I think that was the name of the book, but anyway, it's it's a bestseller. It's a real bestseller. I'll talk about that in the last, in the next, uh, in, in one of the future episodes. He said, if you have two to three priorities, you will complete those two to three tasks. If you have four to ten, you will complete one or two. If you have more than ten. You will complete none. The more we're trying to take on, the less likely we are to accomplish anything. So you have other priorities in life. Being more trustworthy is not the only one. I know that. You know that. So how about this? How about if we only have one? How about if we fix one thing? How about we come up with just one habit? So this is why my focus is on one, not more than one. So... How do we define that, that new habit? So I want to first remind you four laws of trust. Law number one, trust is continuous. This has to be something that will make you a little more trusted. So we're not talking about something that will take me from being completely untrusted, completely untrustworthy to being 100% trusted, the, the most, most trusted that, that I can ever be. It's continuous. So we're talking about something that will increase, even by a little, my trustworthiness. Trust is contextual, trust law number two. So it's not to be trusted by that other person in whatever, it's to be trusted to do one specific thing, okay? So I feel that they don't trust me enough to do X. And being trusted by them to do X more is more important to me than other things. So that's because uh, trust is contextual. Trust is personal. I already said I want to be trusted by that person to do that thing, to be trusted a little more by that person to do that thing. That's because trust is personal, trust law number three. Trust law number four is asymmetrical. So I want to be more trusted by them, a little more trusted by them to do that one thing. And, And again, it's by them, regardless of their own trustworthiness, in, in my eyes. So it is important that I'm not trying to fix them. And, and remember that you're working on your own trustworthiness. So this is regardless of them. If it's important enough for you to be more trusted by them to do that one thing, then it doesn't matter whether you trust them to do the same thing or something else. I mean, it's like, take again, a pilot, Uh, you want to trust the pilot more to be flying and even more importantly, to be landing that plane without crashing it, regardless of how much they trust you. If you're the pilot, it's the other way around. You want to be trusted by your passengers to uh, land this plane. You want to be more trusted. Hopefully, you are trusted to land the plane that they're flying in. You want to be trusted by them to land the plane they're flying in and you're flying in. And it doesn't matter whether you trust them to do the same thing or not. So that's trust is asymmetrical trust load number four. So the way I'm looking at the thing that you want to identify is that I will find one thing that will make me a little more trusted Doing something specific by a certain someone, regardless of their own trustworthiness, in my eyes. Okay, that's the the entire sentence, so I'm going to say it again. This is what we're looking for in this step, in step three, the one good habit. I will find one thing that will make me a little more trusted doing something specific by a certain someone, regardless of their own trustworthiness. I'm going to go back and and say it and and this time kind of break it out a little. I will find one more thing, not two, not three, not ten, one more thing, because that increases the probability of doing it, that will make me a little more trusted. Oh, it will make me, the focus is my trustworthiness, a little more trusted. Trust is continuous. It's not trusted versus not trusted. A little more trusted doing something specific trust is contextual law number two so we're talking about doing something specific not generally more trusted by that person by a certain someone trust law number three trust is personal so we care about someone specific regardless of their trustworthiness because trust is asymmetrical trust law number four so this is what we're after where can you find this habit Well, you can find it. I have a series of books at this point. When I'm recording this episode, I have five in the series. Can I trust you? So the first one is uh, the first one actually uh, chronologically was 50 plus one habits that will make you a more trusted salesperson. The second one was 70 plus one habits that will make you more trusted um, leader. The third one was 67 plus one habits that will make you more trusted team member. The fourth one was uh, 60 plus one habits that will make you a more trusted project manager and help you build trust in your team. That's another important one. And the fifth one, uh, currently the the more recent book that I wrote, that I published, um, 55 plus one habits that will make you a more trusted consultant advisor or coach because those are different habits. So you can find it there. If you go to my website, under resources, there are downloads. These are free downloads where you can find uh, several of those books, currently I think there's four, but but each one of them is going to have one. Uh, this, these are one-pagers with just the headlines, the titles of those habits. In a later, Actually, in a later episode in this season, when I talk about uh, one of the steps, I'll talk about the plus one. Why do they all have plus one? It's not because I don't know how to add one to 50 or 70 or 67 or 60 or 55. There, there is a reason. Th- that one is special. Figure it out yourself. If you know what the bad thing is, what the good thing is going to be. Uh, It should be within the same component, the same of the six components that you have identified. Remember in the previous step, step two, you have identified a specific component. So is it the same component? So my component was intimacy. Uh, My component was that I communicate with my direct reports over email instead of seeing them. That's intimacy, an intimacy issue. My solution, my new habit is get your butt out of my office, get my butt out of my office and go see them in person. It's still in the area of intimacy. So they really compensate uh, for each other. Uh, The assignment I'm going to give you is to identify that new habit. Now, it's it's not going to be very specific yet. We're going to do that in the next step, step number four but for now just find the new habit and once again i'm going to make the same comment i would strongly recommend if you are working on this to first do this before you listen to the next episode by the way since i release the episodes once a week i'm giving you a week but if you're listening to them after the following episodes have already aired then just take your time do this if you want to work on this do this before you move on to the next episode the next uh, step step number 4 so the assignment, should you choose to accept it? The new habit that I chose is so for me, it was get your butt, get my butt out of my office. Get your butt out of your out, out of my office. No, for me it was get my butt out of my office. Uh, is it the same component? Yes or no. Will it help me stop doing the bad thing? So, you know, at some point, you're going to have to ask, if, if I do that, will it help stop the bad thing? So if I get my bot out of my office and I go see my direct pe- uh, my people directly in person, face-to-face, uh, would it stop that bad thing, which is I communicate over email? Yes, it would. So same should be for you. If I do that, will I be more trusted? So... You know, I already told you that these six components in second episode, second season, I told you that these components really make you more trusted. But it's time for you to close that loop and say, it's kind of repeat what I already told you. But as long as you know the link between what you're about to start doing, because you're going to do that for the next next 90 days, I want to make sure you're doing the right thing. Just ask yourself an answer. Why would doing this help you be more trusted, or I should say, less untrustworthy than uh, if you didn't do that. Here's the question you should ask, and we're, we're going to ask it again in the next step. Can I do it? Can I get my butt out of my office? Well, as it turns out, uh, I was super glued to my chair. I Physically, I cannot take myself out of my office. Actually, I probably can with the chair, uh, but no. No. Seriously, ask yourself, can I do this, this thing or am I taking on something that's just not going to happen? I, I can't. Physically, I can't. Emotionally, psychologically, I can't. Don't get overly stuck on the details at this point. There's the next episode, the next uh, the next step that we're going to do. So at this point, stay at the higher level, at the concept level. What is it that I need to do? The next step is going to be uh, the detail. In step four, we're going to be more specific. So in in step three, the previous step, we, we identified kind of in a high level, in a concept level, what is that new habit that you need to acquire? But now it's time to be specific and, and be clear about it. And, and the, I call this step set a SMART goal. SMART, S, it's an acronym, S-M-A-R-T. And this acronym, uh, SMART Goals, were actually developed by George Doran, Arthur Miller, and James Cunningham in a 1981 article uh, that was called, There is a SMART, capitals and uh, acronym, There's a SMART Way to Write Management Goals and Objectives. Um, And I'll I'll provide a link to it or, or just you can find this article. It's pretty easy to find. So, you know, it's one thing to say that I will increase intimacy with my team. It's it's another thing to to even say I'm going to get my butt out of my office. But now you want to make this something very very specific. It's it's more than just specific. And you'll see there there are five letters here in the smart acronym, and we're going to use this framework. Um, and it's important that. We talk about actions rather than an end goal. Our end goal is to be more trusted, to be more trustworthy. Okay, so our end goal is really to be more trusted. But considering the other person's trustability, which we have no impact on, it's really uh, the only thing we can affect is one part of that equation. That's our trustworthiness. So we want that, to. That's our our goal. But we now want to talk about the actions or or the system and, Scott Adams, who's the author of the Dilbert uh, cartoons, if uh, you're familiar with them, uh, he said that goals are about the results you want to achieve. Systems are about the processes that lead to those results. I'm going to tell you, when I started my business, I was overly uh, focused, obsessed maybe, with the results of the business. And it led me to a pretty bad place. And those of you who know me know what I'm talking about. It it led me to a pretty bad place because I focused on the goals and the the final results, the outcomes. I haven't seen the outcomes. And it wasn't until I stopped focusing on that and started focusing on the way to get there, on the systems, on the actions. And this is what we're going to do. Because once I started focusing on the actions and the systems... And the things that I actually do, including this podcast, including the videos for this podcast, it wasn't until I started focusing on those that the business started growing. And I started getting requests as opposed to me trying to call people who never heard of me and didn't weren't interested in what I had to offer. So this is what we're going to do in building your own trustworthiness. We're going to focus on the systems. We're going to focus on actions. But first, we need to be very specific. Final result is the same. You want to be more trusted, you need to be more trustworthy. That's the final result. Let's talk about the system. SMART. S starts for specific. You need to be specific. Get my butt out of my office is probably not specific enough. So uh, here's a bad example. I will meet my people more. I had 89 people directly and indirectly reporting to me. So are we talking about all of them or what? So here's a better example. A better example is, I will meet my four direct reports face-to-face, in person, more. That's more specific. Instead of, I will meet my people more, I will meet my four direct reports, that was the most important part, face-to-face, in person, more. That is specific. Think about yours. What is yours? What is a specific way to describe what you said? Don't worry about it now. You can pause and think about that, but but you'll worry about it at the end because that's going to be your assignment for this step. M in, in SMART is measurable. Is there, are you saying it in a way that would allow you to measure it? So for example, a bed is I will meet my people and, and I just said it before, I will meet my four direct reports face-to-face more often in person. A measurable one, a better one, measurable, is I will meet my direct reports for 30 minutes every week in person. 30 minutes every week. That's measurable. Meet them more. What does more mean? And and by the way, you may wanna start by establishing a baseline. A baseline that would tell you how much you're meeting them now And how will you measure what more is? By the way, what would more be? Let's say that I measured and realized that I need to meet them more, but I am meeting them now. It's just that right now I'm meeting them 15% once every month, each one of them. So more would be, I want to increase it by 20%, by 25%. So things that you can measure, numbers you can measure. There is a great book, um, trying to remember the author, uh, and the book is called How to Measure Anything it's it's a great book on all the intangibles that we think cannot be measured, they actually can be measured. So I would recommend that book as well. So uh measurable is I will meet my direct reports for 30 minutes every week. That's measurable. I can measure and see if I if I get there or not. One other important thing for measuring is to grade it. So measuring and grading. So at the end of the week, maybe it's a week, I, I don't know what the time frame is, but in this case, at the end of the week, I need to be able to grade myself. So it's not enough that I'm gonna say, I met three of them for uh, 25 minutes each. I need to be able to grade it, and I need to decide what the grading rubric or the grading criteria is. This is what I do with my students uh, when I teach uh, entrepreneurship. Um, I give them different parts of the business plan, and I tell them for each part, what are the different components that I'm measuring? What is what is going to be how they get an A, a B, a C, and an F? Make it very clear, very predictable for them. So we want to be able to grade ourselves or let somebody else grade us. Same thing. So uh, grading is important so that you know if uh, you achieved it or not, or or partly achieved it. Uh, what does 100% of achieving it mean? What is overachieving mean? What is 50%? What if, what would I grade? What, what would the metric be? Or what would I measure to find that I haven't achieved it? Period. I failed. Where, where is the line to say that I failed? Now, the line to say that I failed for me would not necessarily be I met none of them for no time at all this week. I mean, this is obviously a failure, but the failure line can be much higher than that. Let's say that 100% is I met all four of them 30 minutes every week. I mean, this is this is my specific goal, right? So it's pretty clear that that would mean 100%. If I achieved more than that, then I overachieved. I'm, I'm not in favor of overachieving because remember that there is a sweet spot. It's kind of an upside-down U-shaped curve uh, with, with a sweet spot of what's the right time. So we decided it's 30 minutes once a week, each one of them. So let's stick with that. So that's 100%. What would be failure? You have to answer this. You have to answer it from the context of the person that you're doing it to be more trusted by, right? So don't do it from your perspective. But a failure would be that I haven't met one of my direct reports for two weeks, for at least 30 minutes in two weeks. So, this kind of goes back to what did you achieve last week? Well, last week I, I met two of them. This week I, I met the other two. So, I'm still good. It's, it's not a complete failure. So, you got to decide what failure really means. So, this is measurable. The A in uh, smart goal or, or smart, again, we're not talking about goal, we're talking about actions, uh, smart action, smart plan, smart uh, system. The A is achievable. So what's bad? Bad is if I say I'm going to meet all of my 89 people who directly and indirectly report to me for, 30, for an hour every week. That means that I'm going to be spending 89 hours that week, every week, to meet with my people. Well, first of all, there are no 89 hours in a work week. I mean, there's a total of 168, but you do need to get some sleep and you do need to go get home. Plus, uh, if you're gonna be meeting them for 89 hours, that means that you're gonna be meeting them in some crazy hours and they're not going to wanna meet with you. But that's, that's besides the point, it's not achievable. Let, let's just agree, it's not achievable. What is achievable is that I will meet my four direct reports, that's the most important one, my four direct reports for 30 minutes every week. That means two hours. Two hours out of 40, 50, 60 working hours in a week I'm going to spend in meeting with them. That's that's achievable. Now, I don't want you to confuse achievable with easy. Okay? If you're doing something that's too easy, I would be surprised if you're going to have something, a goal, a system, and actions that are too easy for you that would have a significant impact on your trustworthiness. I mean, you may, which is great because it's something easy that you do. And probably the only time when this is going to happen is if you didn't know that that, you mean this little thing caused me to lose trust. I'll give you an example. You know, in in a previous episode, when I talked about personality compatibility and giving the bottom line first or last, how hard is it for you to change it? If you're a person like me that likes to give the bottom line first and then the rationale rather than start with the thinking process and end with the bottom line, how hard is it for you to change from one to the other? It's not that hard, right? It's relatively easy. You need to pay attention to that. You need to be aware that that you're doing that and and make sure that you're doing it the right way. And remember that 76% in in my study, 76% of people said that 76 or 74% of people said that. Uh, they preferred the bottom line first, and only 17% said that they preferred the bottom line last, and then 9% said they don't care. So it's 74, 9, and 17. Well, uh, my boss preferred the rationale first. I preferred to I preferred to hear the bottom line first, but since I knew that she preferred the other way around, how hard was it? Wasn't that hard? And I gained a lot of trust, or let's say I regained a lot of lost Trust points. So, but I don't want you to confuse achievable with easy. So once again, we have this upside down U-shaped curve, which uh, you know is referred to as the Goldilocks rule. And, and Goldilocks, Goldilocks rule, you remember Goldilocks, the three bears. Uh, this uh, this is too hot. This is too cold. This is just about right. This bed is too firm. This bed is too soft. This one is just about right. So, the, the way I found the Goldilocks rule described in literature is people experience peak motivation when working on tasks that are right on the edge of their current liabilities. Not too hard, not too easy, just right. So, it's not even a matter of it's too easy and I can still have a, an impact. You're probably not going to be motivated enough if it's too easy. Oh, this is just too easy, and, and it's just there is no motivation to change. Uh, the first business book I ever read was called "Build to Last," and one of the um, uh, one of the best quotes there or or concepts or acronyms is BHAG. B H A G BHAG Big hairy, Audacious, Audacious Goal. And uh, the authors recommended that that's that's what we focus on. We focus the organization on BHAGs, on goals that are big, that are audacious, uh, but still achievable. And that's the important part. So you know we want to be there on that place where it's just right. So it's it's audacious enough, it's hard enough, it's not too easy, but it's not too hard, and and uh, where we're just going to give up and, and not do it. So. If it's too easy, likely not have enough effect. If it's too hard, you're probably not going to do it. You're going to stop. So think about what it is for you. The R in SMART goals, in our case, it's SMART actions, is relevant. This has to be relevant. So for example, a bad example, in my case, uh, I'm not meeting my people uh, in person enough. I'm communicating over email. How about if I write performance reviews on them? Would that help? No, it's totally irrelevant. It's irrelevant to the issue of why they're not trusting me as much as I would like to be trusted. This one is better, still not great. I'll write performance reviews to my direct reports, so it's more relevant. The issue is with my direct reports. I focused it a little more, but still, it's it's performance reviews. Who cares? That that doesn't have an impact. And, and by the way, if you think about it, it's not even the same component of intimacy of where I had the issue. A good one is I will meet each one of my four direct reports. I will meet them person uh, in person, face to face. So make it relevant, but also make sure when you make it relevant that you make it impactful. So it may be relevant, but you want to have the biggest impact. So you really wanted to cancel the bad thing that you identified in step number two. Timely, the T in smart, smart actions in our case is timely. You want to make sure that it's timely. So, you know, I could have settled for I'm going to meet my four direct reports more. It's not even well, it it might be somewhat specific. It's not even measurable. But you need to put a time base on it. So even if I said I'm going to meet my direct reports, my four direct reports for 30 minutes every time, how often? So make sure that you have the time components there. So for me, it's going to be 30 minutes every week, each one of them. That's more specific. What is it for you? So what was my complete or the evolution of my SMART acronym uh, action plan. So it started with uh, the bad things in step two for me was that I communicate over email. I don't leave my office uh, and with all the consequences. So my what I identified in step three would have been I need to have more intimacy with them. To be more specific, I need to get my bot out of my office to be more specific. I will meet my direct reports more. To be even more specific, make it measurable, I will meet each one of my four direct reports face-to-face, in person, in their office for at least 30 minutes every week. 30 minutes each one of them. So we want to have one-on-one meetings uh, to to increase intimacy. And when I talked about intimacy, I also mentioned when when you have multiple people in the meeting. a good replacement for the one-on-one 30 minutes, me with one of my direct reports, would not be let's have all four of them for 30 minutes at the office. This is not higher intimacy. I'm actually splitting the airtime. Anyway, I, I, I go down this. This is a rabbit hole. This is this is my thing. You need to think about your thing. So you've identified a bad thing. You have identified a relationship in step one. You've identified a bad thing in step two. In step three, you... Identify the good thing you need to do, or how you stop the bad thing at the conceptual level. In step four, what you've done is apply the SMART framework to it, so you identify something that's more specific, measurable, achievable, but not too easy, uh, relevant, and also impactful, and finally timely. So you identify those components, and now, This is the assignment. Once again, I'm gonna repeat the same recommendation or request or whatever. If you wanna apply this for yourself, then do this before you move on to the next step, unless you just wanna know what the, the process is. So the assignment for you is to come up with a smart action plan based on the one habit you identified in step three. So write what your smart action plan is, analyze it based on the five components Find out on the measurable part, how do you grade it? That's important, so it's not just measurable, but it's gradable, and so you have a system that would allow you to grade it. In the next step, step five, I'll talk about how do you make it easy? It's not gonna be easy enough, but how do you make sure that that you do it? That's gonna be in step five. What would you like to know about trust and trustworthiness? Let me know and I'll answer it in a future episode. I would love to hear from you. Email me at yoram at If you like this episode, subscribe to the show, so you will automatically get notified when I release a new episode. Rate it, write a review for this podcast, because those ratings help not only you, but also others looking for podcasts just like this. If you're looking for more resources to learn about how to build trust, be trusted, or know who to trust, look up my workshops at yoramsolomoncom slash workshops, online courses at trustedatwork.com, find my books on Amazon, or go to my website, yoramsolomon.com. And remember one thing, the answer to these two questions will have the biggest impact on your personal and professional success or failure. Can I trust you? And can you trust me? Thank you for listening or watching The Trust Show.